Welcome to the Don't Trip on the Usual Travel Podcast from Beyond the Experiences. My name is Anand. I thought I'd speak with you guys today about a place that's fascinated me from my childhood. My growing up years were in Calcutta, and I kept hearing about the Sundarban Forest as I was growing up. The lure was probably the mystery surrounding it, or maybe the legend of the Royal Bengal Tiger that lives there. Various myths, various legends, spirits, gods, goddesses. mud flats dolphins typhoons monsoons all kinds of things maybe it was that or maybe it was the sheer resilience of the people who lived there or maybe the nature of the mangroves itself you know the way they are built and how they sustain themselves and sustain uh, life around them and all that in later life writers like amitav ghosh you know increase the allure of this place There was this book that he written called The Hungry Tide, absolutely fabulous. Describes this fantasy land, the lives that it hosts, very lovingly written in great detail. I'm very excited about the place. I thought I'd try and bring out some of the excitement of this place for you. Firstly, where is the Sundarbans? So basically, you have the great rivers, right? You have the Ganga, you have the Brahmaputra, and the Meghna. All three of them drain into the Bay of Bengal, the eastern part of India. A delta is formed at this place. It stretches from uh, Baleshwar. There's a river called Baleshwar in Bangladesh to the river Hooghly in West Bengal. That's a lot of land, actually, it, like in the region of ten thousand odd square kilometers. Mangrove forests, farmlands, mud flats, barren land, all kinds of things. Many tidal streams cutting through the delta. Think of it, supremely romantic, don't you think? Four areas in the Sundarban. These are all four of them are UNESCO World Heritage sites. This is the meeting point of various rivers with the sea. It's like where the fresh river water and the salt water of the Bay of Bengal mix. I don't know somehow it's always held a fascination for me. You know the way a river would start off the Ganges, for instance, the Ganga starts off from the Gangotri Glacier or near about there in the Himalayas, comes down as a small trickle. And I've seen it where it where it comes out. It's a small trickle and then it swells and swells and more rivers come and join. And somewhere near Varanasi, it becomes a huge thing. It's almost like a sea in itself. And then it goes slowly, plods around its way, and comes in, and then empties itself into the Bay of Bengal. Kind of metaphor for life, don't you think? This is the region where it meets the water, the seas, the eternal seas. There are two eco regions here: the Sundarbans uh, freshwater swamp forests and the Sundarbans mangroves. This, by the way, is one of the three largest mangrove forests in the world. Lots of trees, lots of birds, animals, fish. More importantly, mystery and romance. More importantly for me, the most abundant trees here are the Sundari tree, and that's why apparently uh, the name Sundarban comes because "ban" "bon" means forest in Bangla. Therefore, Sundarban. If if you were to say it uh, the way a person from West Bengal would say it or Bangladesh would say, Sundarban. Maybe because the fact that Sundarban means beautiful forest in Bangla, the local language, Sundar means beautiful and "bon" means forest, so beautiful forest maybe. or it could also be that mangrove forests are called a sea forest in bangla in bangla sea forest would be shomudrabon and therefore shundarban or it could be from a tribe that lived here they were called chandrabande whatever the story the name shundarban or sundarban is one that evokes curiosity doesn't it and history lots of history in this place right from the 2nd and 3rd century ad Closer to the times, there are records of the Mughals uh, leasing the forests out. 
in fact lots of people many people escaped to the forest at that time to escape the uh, armies of the mughal emperor akbar then came portuguese pirates and decoits in the 17th century the british got rights over this forest from the mughal emperor alamgir the second around the time of the revolt of 1757 since then the major draw has been the royal bengal tiger yeah, this forest houses this lots of other small cats like the jungle cat the fishing cat the leopard cat and all that the tigers here very strangely live and swim around they prey on the deer the boar the monkeys lots of them I estimated 180 tigers here or 30000 spotted deer lots of villagers uh, who stay here in villages in and around the forest they live off the forest and its produce the fish the honey the wood etc and given that there's obviously some man animal conflict right such close proximity so you lose about 30 to 100 human lives every year to animal conflict that's with the the tiger the royal bengal tiger the birds of the sundarban of course cause no harm some 300 odd species of birds including many endemic species all this their home the endemic brown winged kingfisher the mast fin foods the ospreys the sea eagles the fish eagles not to mention the ibis the storks the water hens kite hoots pelicans a veritable heaven for my friend shrini he loves birds both in the forest and in flying around the sky and on his plate this is heaven for it lots of animals of the water also here again too many to name here crocodile sawfish various turtles snakes the king cobra to vipers and pythons fish are plenty eels and shrimps and mudskippers and even the gangetic dolphins because this is where the freshwater meets the seawater right the gangetic dolphins are here the whole place what's more uh, fascinating for me or as as the animals and the wildlife and the villagers and the way of life and the culture etc are the mud flats quite strange they are the mud flats of sundarban and very famous they are formed by wave motions okay so there are tidal cycles there are currents in the coast etc they change with the monsoons cyclonic movements happen which are very common here and suddenly everything changes every monsoon most of the delta goes underwater for about 6 months can you believe it this leaves sediments on the sand when the water recedes due to all of this fresh water diversion and hence the increased salinity human development activities climate change rising sea levels tectonic movement all of this has contributed to the fact that the sundarban coast is retreating by about 200 meters every year and it's not like it's not important fishing shrimp culture forest produce timber other activity contribute hugely to the economy of the region and even more importantly the forest provides habitat to many animals and birds even purifies the water here if mangrove forest for god's sake it's also a storm barrier This region is ravaged by cyclones almost every year. In addition, tourism quite a budding draw here. But the threat to the Sundarban is from men, is from human greed, industrial projects coming up nearby. Ecological quality, biodiversity of the forest is going down. There's a loss of species, despite all the laws banning poaching, etc. Then come the natural causes like cyclones and rising sea levels and reduction in freshwater supply. All of that. Anyway, more to happier topics the culture and the beliefs so the locals who live in the forest and they're constantly in awe of nature and you'd notice this everywhere when you're living in the midst of nature you're in awe of nature and you start praying to nature the locals here worship various forest gods and goddesses 
For instance, there's Manasa. Manasa is the deity of snakes. Monsha, as they call it. Or the much followed Bonbibi. Bonbibi is goddess of the forest. They celebrated, prayed to many folk dances, songs, beautiful there. In fact, whether it's tradition, ritual, song, dance, prayer, forest is never far from. The Bonbibi's legend is fairly interesting. The name, as I told you, literally translates to uh, the lady of the forest or the goddess of the forest. The most popular story here is that she was an Arabian Sufi saint's daughter who came to the Sundarbans. So there was a villainous uh, uh, Dukhin Rai who killed locals. He took the form of a tiger and killed the locals. She battled him and defeated him. The agreement or the arrangement was that Dokhin Rai would not kill anyone who prayed to Bonbibi. And this continues even now, so everyone prays to With so much of romance, so much of fiction, so much of art, so much of legend, can literature be far behind? No. Many novels, many works of modern fiction, both folk and otherwise, describe or are set in this land. I told you about Amitav Ghosh. More than that, there are, uh, for instance, there's Monsha Mangal uh, or Manasa Mangal, as one would call it. It's a Bangla folk novel. There's Emilio Salgari's Mystery of the Black Jungle. There's Salman Rushdie's Midnight Children. There's Kunal Basu's Japanese Wife. And of course, I told you, Amitav Ghosh is hungry. And things to do, there's lots to do in. In the Sundarbans, lots of places to see. This is raw nature. This is raw forests. That's what is to be experienced. Wildlife and life around nature. Many settlements and human lives are built around nature. It's quite a study here. Inside the Sundarban Reserve, there are some very interesting places. For instance, there's a Sajine Khalian Burir Dabri Watchtowers. Great vantage points for wildlife sighting. Whether you manage to spot a Royal Bengal Tiger or not, is, is uh, I have not managed to spot one in the times that have, many times that I've gone there. But other than that, there's so much of wildlife. And the jungle itself is beautiful. There's Kolash Island for the nesting olive ridley turtles and birds in winter. There's Henry Island. It's a very dense forest, but very walkable, eminently walkable actually. Then there's Netidopani, the ruined settlements on the Mughal lease land. There's a 400-year-old Shiva temple there, by the way. And nature, of course. You can get to this forest. This forest, as I told you, spans India and Bangladesh both, right? So you can visit this forest from both India and Bangladesh. In the India side, tours of the forest happen by boat from uh, Calcutta. Kolkata, as it's now called. We prefer to call it Calcutta. The National Park is about 100 kilometers from Calcutta. Calcutta is, of course, very well connected by air, train and road to most international destinations. Quite a few international destinations, not most. And almost every place in India. You take a train or a car to Canning, which is uh, from the airport or the railway station or wherever. You take a uh, train or a car to Canning. And from there to a place called Godkhaligat Jetty. From there, you take a boat into the Sundarban. If you're going from the Bangladesh side, and I've heard that the Bangladesh side is eminently far uh, uh, prettier than the Indian side of it. But on the Bangladesh side, you could fly to Jessore and from there by road to Khulna, which is at the entrance to the Sundarban. Or you could take a train from Dhaka to Khulna. And the best trips, remember, whichever side you go into the Sundarban, the best trips are overnight and by boat into the forest. A bit of unsanitized nature, so to say. If you if you crave for sanitized nature and five-star luxury in the middle of the jungle, this is not the place for you. Unsanitized nature, the mosquitoes will come, uh, which is uh, jargon for mosquitoes in that area. So they will come, they will come and feast on you. You use your uh, mosquito repellent creams and, or sleep inside a mosquito net, etc. Do your best, but it's unsanitized nature. Ideally, November to March is a great time to visit the Sundarbans. 
great weather, best opportunities for wildlife sighting and all that. The summers of April to June can get fairly hot, very uncomfortable also. It's humid also now. The other months are monsoons, it's a very bad time to visit. So go and get into the Sundarbans, club it with a trip to Bengal in India or, or get into the northeastern of India and take a look at it or get into Bangladesh and take a look at it, but go. Fabulous place, unsanitized nature, get back in touch with nature. That's about it about the Sundarbans from me. A quick short clip about the Sundarbans. Uh, I'm very excited by it, so pardon me if I kind of overdid things a little bit. I may have all actually, but that's how it is. Thanks for tuning in to the Don't Trip on the Usual Travel Podcast from Beyond Experiences. Till the next episode, take care, stay safe, and whatever else you do, don't trip on the usual. In case you'd like to find out more about the Sundarbans or the Northeast or India or forests in Africa, Borneo, wherever, visit us at www.beyonder.travel. That's B-E-Y-O-N-D-E-R dot P-R-A-V-E-L.